Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. My Ohio State Buckeyes at Iowa. Marco, what should betters be looking at? Well, this is a huge game for the Big Ten, but I'll tell you, people are going to make comparisons with Iowa after what they did to Michigan State earlier at home. They drilled them. They were the number five team in the country. They're also going to look to Ohio State and say they lost at Wisconsin earlier in the year in a similar situation. Ohio State wins this game, and I'll tell you why it's different this week than when they played. Why is it different? Well, first of all, that game was a night game at Madison. It is a total different atmosphere when you play a night game at a school that generally does not play night games. Wisconsin doesn't play a lot of night games, but when they do, they've played phenomenal. You're not going to have that kind of frenzied crowd. It will be a frenzied crowd, but it's a different level when you play at night. Also, defense. Ohio State has the better defense in this game. Both teams can run the ball, but the key to this game is which quarterback is going to be able to make the plays passing, and I like Terrell Pryor better than Stanzi in this game. All right, I was 20 in the BCS right now. You're saying they're overrated, so they're not in the top 25 in your mind? Their stock has fallen the last two weeks because they've played two back-to-back bad games. The first game I can understand. When they came off the Michigan State game, they were ripe for a letdown. I understand that. Last week against Northwestern, no. They, that was inexcusable to have a second flat spot. Okay, so now often, and this is what makes, it's like poker. It's sometimes you raise with the best hand, sometimes you check with the best hand. It's never as easy as checkers or, you know, one, two, three. I would say this. I've heard Marco D'Angelo many times say, Iowa's got a good coach. It's a good program. They're ultra-motivated here after the big disappointment in Northwestern. This is their chance at redemption on national TV against, you know, they can kill a high state chances to make the Rose Bowl. I can imagine you saying all that. What's different? And, again, you understand when that's applicable and when it's not. The fact that you're a long-term winner tells me that, but I don't get it. What's the difference? The difference is last week's poor performance I look at the game and see why, and why Northwestern threw the ball on them. They were able to move the ball through the air. Now, I know when you look at Ohio State, you don't think of Ohio State as a passing team. I mean, Jim Tressel's been, you know, almost like the old days, three yards in a cloud of dust, but he's got a different type of quarterback this year. Terrell Pryor, he's maturing, I think, every week. And I just think that he is the difference in this game, and he's an X factor. He can beat you. So it's a high state's ability to throw, and Iowa's been exposed as a team that you can throw. And when it comes to his legs, he can beat you with his feet as well. Yeah, but you can say that. (laughs) You could have recorded that. Pryor can beat you with his arm and his legs three years ago, and we could have saved. We didn't have to set up the studio this week. What? What is specific? Three years ago, he didn't have the maturity that he has now. Okay, so you're saying that. He is now able to pass, and that's something that's just happened this year? 
It, it started at the end of last year. I saw the maturity in him last year. So if we were playing this game early last year, you wouldn't be as quick to look at a high state because Iowa's weakness, which you're considering past defense, wouldn't be exploitable by a high state where it is now. Yes. All right, that makes sense. Um, so really, though, to back to my question of why aren't you talking about Iowa being motivated to turn it around is I'm hearing you say that you – that last week's poor performance uncovered a fundamental flaw that you think it wasn't just being flat from a lack of effort or whatever, is in a way they've been exposed. Yes. Iowa, as a team that can be thrown on. All right, let me throw a few things at you. Both of these teams are underrated according to Vegas. Vegas has a high state as the fourth best team in the country. BCS says ninth. Iowa actually is 15th in the Vegas poll 20th in the AP. So you're, you're disagreeing with Vegas in regards to Iowa uh, being over or underrated. Now, I actually think Iowa, you know, I, I lean a height, you know, I'm in between, so I'm going to be, I'm going to kind of defer to you on this. Let me give you some, it's going to take about 60 seconds to so relax. High State, I, I've said this a few times, but their loss to Florida, those championship game losses to Florida and LSU have completely, and then the USC losses um, in, in the regular season have completely skewed people's perception of a high state. Check out these stats. They're going to blow you away. They're 22-7 and seven ATS on the road. So this team just travels well. And that's something we talk about a lot. The very best programs travel so much better in college because they're almost like a pro team. They're 42 and 17 as a favorite. One of the things that we talk about a lot is, oh, Tressel's conservative. BS. This guy, he might play conservative play calling. 42 and 17 as a favorite. That's home and away. Home and away. They're 47 and 20 overall. So in the last 67 games, they've covered more than almost 70, or maybe 70% of the time. Just in general, you would think one of the most marquee schools in the country would have at best a 50% ATS record. They've overperformed massively in the last six years. They've won seven of eight in November ATS. Remember, these are all ATS, seven of eight. Now, here's the one straight-up record. Trestle, since he's come here, is 27-4 and four in November straight-up. So they finish the year strong. They're playing well on the road. They play well against good teams, except for a few marquee uh, uh, exceptions that everyone seems to remember. And lastly, Trestle, and this, well, there's two more stats, so relax. <laughs> 12 and 3 against winning teams. So again, it's not just beating up on you know, OU or beating up on Bowling Green. And here's the one that blows my mind Trestle has played. Nine times against a Big Ten team that was in a BCS Bowl the year before. So a team that, in a way, is threatening Ohio State's dominance of the Big Ten. Trestle's 9-0 straight up, 8-1 ATS. And, that, and Iowa fits that spot. So I love Ohio State here. And I think they're a play on in general, which is rare to me against such a, a marquee team. Well, I have Ohio State winning 31-20, to a uh, little bit of a higher scoring game than you might think when you think about Ohio State and Iowa. But, again, that goes to what I think they're going to move the ball through the air in this game. Would you have guessed those stats? I mean, those stats are pretty surprising, huh? 
when you talk about Trestle, no, yeah, his you know nature, the way we kind of, and we both did it at the beginning of the year. You stereotype him as a guy that just puts his team in a position to win, but doesn't have that you know extension of the score. I mean, just the idea of saying you're going to take one of the most marquee teams in the country, play them blindly for six years, and the idea that you're going to be over about 70% is shocking to me. Will you have one of your Ohio State hoodies on when you're watching the game? <laughs> you know, it's funny. As much as I root for them, I, I, I watch every Steeler game, but the Ohio State games are I'm playing cards and I'll, I'll watch it up on the screen. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comment section with Marco and me. And next up we're moving to Virginia Tech at Miami of Florida on ABC. Virginia Tech at Miami. This is my video best bet of the week. And I found out Marco actually disagrees with me. So what I'm going to do is let's do a little uh, you know, crossfire back in the old days on CNN. I'm going to give you a point for Virginia Tech, which is going to be my best bet. And you can give me a point for Miami. Go ahead. All right. You've got this Virginia Tech team that simply is... A, one of the best programs in the country. You, you're getting a do, premium program without the premium price because they're not as well known. The, you don't see a lot of Virginia Tech jerseys in Los Angeles or Vegas. But when you look at the numbers, they finished the year strong, 18-5 and five ATS, finishing the year in November. 25-9 and nine on the road. Oh, you're trying to look at my numbers. 25 and 9 on the road. Think about that a second. Is the road is the biggest challenge in college football. Clearly, this is a road spot for them. They're 37 and 17 against winning teams. So, in what do you want from a team? You want them to finish strong. You want them to travel well. You want them to play their best against the best teams. And this is what you're getting in massive doses with Virginia Tech. And they're less marquee than Miami. And thus, to me, you're getting value and you're getting quality. Okay. Uh, first off, this would support you, but I happen to disagree with it. Uh, the early line move in this game did come in hard on Virginia Tech. It moved from 1.5 to minus 2.5, early money. I don't agree with it. My perception, and you know you hear me talk every week about where the team is, like a stock. They go up and down. I think right now, after last week's win by Virginia Tech, their stock is at the highest point it's been all season. And this team has battled uphill from the beginning of the season when they went 0-2 to start the season. They've done nothing wrong since, but they've been flying under the radar. They played the Thursday night game against Georgia Tech. Which they, got, they didn't cover. They didn't cover. So, again, they were flying under the radar last week, went on the road to North Carolina. That was like their statement game. Now people are like, wow, you know, we've we got to take this team serious. They went in there, beat up on North Carolina, and if you dig inside the numbers of that game, RJ, they were aided by six North Carolina turnovers in that game. Miami of Florida is not going to turn the ball over like that. North Carolina has athletes, but they don't have athletes the speed-wise that Miami of Florida has. And yes, now, are you really saying that Miami of Florida is going to run Virginia Tech off the field? I'm not saying they're going to run the, off the I, field. I understand the, Big Ten, the slow Big Ten team against Miami and the Florida teams, but this Virginia Tech team, is, is, I, I, I'm hard-pressed to think that speed is going to be the problem here. What I'm comparing to is 
there's more talent on this Miami team than was on that North Carolina team. Yeah, but Virginia Tech's one. They beat North Carolina. They beat like eight other teams since they lost to James Madison. So why are we fixating on, on the North Carolina game? Because to me, that's the game. It was on ABC or ESPN, one of the two. And people got to see them, and now they're off of the one game they believe in Virginia Tech. See, I'm so surprised because I would think Marco would say, you know, I look at this and I'm thinking, if I was a Joe Blow that would just read the USA Today at a handicap, I would say, I get Miami of Florida and I'm getting points? Oh, that looks juicy. And then you would say, but no, 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 because they're trying to induce you. The fact that Virginia Tech's laying points on the road would make you like Virginia Tech. If Miami of Florida had their starting quarterback still in the lineup, that would, that so would be the So we're case. taping on Wednesday. What's the status on him? He's still listed as out. They're, out. Yeah. Jackery Harris is you know, not going to be a factor. They're playing, I think, better with the backup. Well, and, see, I read that he might play this week. And, again, that's the thing about injuries. You're, you know, we're, we're going to handicap assuming we don't know, and at some point before game time you're going to know. But I've read you know, at Scout Sync they're saying that, like you said, the new guy's playing just as well. And even if he is ready, uh, the, the, the injured quarterback, that he may not even play. Right. I handicap personally. I handicap this game with the backup quarterback. Right, I like him. I like him better with him in there. So if you like him better, and everyone seems to say, "Wow, this kid's good," then why is it that the the reason the line seems right is because of who the quarterback because is? Public perception is going to always look at the starting quarterback. Right. I mean, that's just built in. Okay. All right. Now, I also don't like Miami at home. Four and thirteen ATS versus winning teams at home. Virginia Tech has covered four straight in this series. Now, here's one thing I would say that leans a little towards Miami. Last year, Virginia Tech won 31 to seven. So you're thinking, oh my God, this you know a lot of the same players, a dominant performance, but it was actually in a downpour. So we're even going to a third level here where we're looking at last year's games game, not only are we digging into the box, we're digging into the weather and saying that because of that downpour, it negated a lot of Miami's advantage, which is speed. You know, that is one of their strong suits, even if it's not, let's say, relatively, they're not that much faster than Virginia Tech. So in a way, Miami might feel like this is our chance to to get revenge because last year was deceiving. So that does slow me down just a little bit. Um... And I've got one more point here, but uh, you got anything to close before I do my final projection? Is Miami is not locked out of the ACC championship. They can do it. Two things have to happen. First, they have to beat Virginia Tech on Saturday, and then they have to have Virginia Tech lose their rivalry game against Virginia, and Miami can but, sneak but Virgi- in. So you're saying Miami has max motivation, but so does Virginia Tech. Absolutely, but we've got a home dog with max motivation. All right, we've had one of the thing about trend, one of the things about trends is oftentimes with coaching changes you don't have a lot of continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Virginia Tech's had their coach for quite a while. How many times do you think since 2003? So these, the, unless I'm mistaken, these teams play every year. Since 2003, how many times do you think Miami has scored more than 16 points against Virginia Tech? So that's uh, seven games. Seven games. I'm going to go. Three. Only once have they scored more than 16. 
So schematically, and again, I know Miami's got coaching changes and all that stuff, but schematically, this Beamer does a great job in big games, and he seems to do a great job against Miami. So I'm going to make this my official best bet, video best bet of the week. I'm laying the points on the road. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to fall into the trap that even that Marco doesn't see. I'm laying the points on the road with Virginia Tech as my best bet. One point that you didn't make, this is the second week in a row that Virginia Tech's got to play on the road, and it is tough to win two big You know, you, you seem to be, it's time for a bet. I know that I'm 1-0 against you at this point in our bets. Uh, you're 2-1 for the, or I'm 2-1 for the season. I'm 1-0. You don't know how streaks work with handicappers. I'm 1-0. <laughs> so what do you want, nickel or dime on this? Why well, don't you step up and no, do I, I, Being that I have. You've got a, a tie I'm, on. You should bet at least a dime. You know. They're never press when you're losing, and you're losing to me, so don't press, son. <laughs> okay? I have 500 so, of your children in my pocket that they're still, you know. Like I said, they'll be there in three years. <laughs> so we'll bet a nickel. I'll, I'll take Miami. Official bet. Official bet. Minus two and a half. Minus two and a half. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comment section with Marco and me. And next up, we're going to be talking Nebraska at Texas A&M. Marco's best bet. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. Nebraska at Texas A&M. This is Marco's best bet video of the week. What's your record on the season, Marco? Eight and three. Eight and three. So you actually started seven and zero. Oh. Yes. Got a little cold. Turned around yesterday. But again, we look long term. Eight and three is mighty good. <laughs> All right. What do, who do you like and why do you like them? Well, I like Nebraska in this game, and the reason being Texas A&M is facing the toughest defense they faced all year, period. They're putting up a ton of points. People are going to look, hey, they just beat Oklahoma two weeks ago in a similar situation. Oklahoma doesn't have Nebraska's defense, and Nebraska can play power football and just run this ball down Texas A&M's throat. I like this matchup a lot. Okay, so let me see. Let's think how we want to approach. You're going to try to shoot holes in the No, I I tend to like this Nebraska team. Um, You know, last week they actually looked like they played a a, a kind of a close game against Kansas. They actually had a 20 to 5 first down ratio. And some guys I, or a guy I know that watches the Big 12 really closely, said the quarterback, I think it's Rodriguez from Nebraska, uh, has a, a, a gimpy ankle. He played last week. It's actually Martinez. Oh, Martinez. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the um, – <laughs> see, I didn't have it in my notes. There you go. The, um, the fact of the matter is they were a little conservative. So when you win a game 20-3, to you dominate the first down, and you're not trying to put your quarterback in a bad spot – I think that's a good sign of how good this team is. And assuming that there's a little improvement and the quarterback's getting close to 100%, I'm not so sure you're not right here, is, is you've got a very motivated Nebraska team who also can clinch the Big 12 North with the win here. This is also a value play. Now, you hear me talk about value and you hear me talk about traps. This is value, and I'll tell you why, because you just said it. The last two games Nebraska's played – they had a close game against Iowa State the week before, a game in which Martinez did not play, 
And then last week had another, you know, looks like a lackadaisical type performance against Kansas. So you're getting value. You're a good team when you're 20, you win 20 to 3 and it's lackadaisical. Well, I mean, it is. It wasn't impressive. I mean, they were a bigger favorite than that, so they didn't cover the number. That's the point. And that's something people sometimes forget. The line is expectation. If you fall short of that, you've fallen short of expectation. On the flip side to that, everybody's looking at Texas A&M and all the points that they're scoring. The fact is... They do score a lot of points, but they don't stop anybody. They gave up 500 yards of offense to Baylor last week. Okay, You can't do that with this Nebraska team. And Nebraska has the physical type of offense that they can just pound at you, pound at you, and then you come up and try to stop the run, and then they got a quarterback that can beat you downfield play action. Texas A&M, in my opinion, is going to get blown off the field. Well, I might disagree with giving points with you a lot, but I, re- I rarely like to buck you on a game because of your proven history. I don't have anything to buck you here, so uh, you can give us any more key points or just give us the projection. So, like you're saying, just sit back and say, so I I'm just going to sit back, back, relax. Yeah. Get, you know, we did bet 500 on my best bet, so right. I'm okay. going to look so forward to that. So you're going to jump on board my, you're going to bet my game. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps. You know, I'm a low-volume guy, though. Okay. <laughs> you're just going to take that one bet. All right. I got Nebraska winning 34-23 on Saturday. It is my best bet. Uh, we're 8-3, and three, so hopefully next week we'll be talking about 9-3. and three. And we've got a coupon to give away. All right, so each week on our videos with one of the best bets, we give away a $10 coupon that you can use at pregamepros.com on any, uh, any best bet that you want and get a big discount or even get it for free. And we've got some red-hot guys. We do, and actually that's a great segue. You're you know, a good host. You set Thank me up you. great. Because the coupon this week is in honor of one of our hottest guys. Dan Beebe just completed a 14-game winning streak in the NBA. That's so the, when you say completed, he lost. He's 14-1 and one He now, completed as it. As we're taping, <laughs> but it's still... It's a you know hell of a feat. It sounds like an accomplishment yeah. completing it. Well, it, it is, okay? <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to give hats off to Dan. So the coupon this week is BB10, and that's B-E-B-E in the number 10. You're going to get 10 bucks off. Use it to buy anybody at Pregame Pros. And as RJ said, if it's 10 bucks, it's free. Well, we got a lot of big plays. Vegas Runners got his college game of the year. We get Gil Alexander, who's been red hot. It's got a game of the month, I think. Saturday. A lot of big plays. All right, now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And next up, we're going to be moving to the NFL and talking about the biggest NFL games, including the Colts at the Patriots. Colts at Patriots. Marco, who do you like and why do you like them? I like Indianapolis. Why do I like them? Because I'm going to go against this freaking New England team until I, I beat them. They're, they have been my nemesis. This year. So, so let's break that down because one of the keys to being a batter is learning from your mistakes. So what do you think, what have, you, have you been fading them or playing on them or just going back and forth and just zigging? And, I've, had, I've had a few games. I've had some games with them, but I've had more games against them. And actually two of my best bets that I've lost this year on the show have been going against New England. And in both of those games, New England was outgained, but they managed to win. Last week, I did go against them with Pittsburgh, and I, I made one error when I go back and look at how I lost the game, what I did, is I dismissed the fact that New England was coming off such an embarrassing loss to Cleveland. I, I Which did, is, in general, is important. The NFL, Belichick has excelled at that. Absolutely, and that was the one thing that I didn't put enough credence on. 
but still, this team is not as good as the record indicates. I'm going to just battle that to the season's end, but they're constantly outgained. Last week they weren't, but they were put in a situation last week that their defense wasn't exposed because the Steelers never got a chance to attack their defense. Ben, ben Roethlisberger was under attack the whole game. I haven't seen a game where he has had that many hits and hurries and sacks as he did last week against New England, and that's got to be you know, a result of the injury to you know, Starks. All right, so you're saying Pittsburgh, weak offensive line, especially in that game. I also believe another reason, so, so that's one reason maybe the Pats win isn't quite as impressive. Second reason is ultra-motivated off of the embarrassment against the Browns. And maybe the next reason was a point I made is Brady and the Pats played very well against the Steelers' scheme defensively. I mean, the Steelers have a great defense typically, but Brady's like 6-1, and one, and, and that 3-4 is something he's never had trouble with. So, so I would agree the Pats certainly aren't as good as they, as they looked against the Steelers. And since that was a prime time game, it kind of makes sense that you want to fade against that performance. What do you think of this Colts team, especially on the injury side? Well, the Colts have been battling the injuries all year, and, you know, they're still finding ways to win the ball games. I mean, Peyton Manning, you know, he's a magician, it seems, that sometimes that they can be down and they find a way in the fourth quarter to win. The public's going to look at this game, and I like to, I call it the ABC factor, and I'm not talking this, the network. I'm talking about when, team, when handicappers look at comparable teams that they played, and these two teams, Indianapolis and New England, there's kind of a little circle. They're going to look at the fact that New England just pounded Pittsburgh. They're going to look that Cincinnati just gave Indianapolis a lot of trouble. Pittsburgh beat Cincinnati. So if Pittsburgh could beat a team that Indianapolis struggled with and New England just drilled Pittsburgh, it makes it look on the surface. No, so I agree with you. Is The public perceptions on the Pats, what's the latest line? This line, it opened at three New England, and it's ticked up a half a point to three and a half. Okay, so you're, getting, you're saying that New England's the better team. Um, I, I tend to agree with you, the public perceptions on the Pats. I've got one question. Can the Colts deliver, though? Because if the Colts can, it, then both teams are overrated. I got some stats saying that when it's a big game, and again, this is a little different than Manning early in his career. If it's a big game, you want to bet Manning. Uh, we all know how he does on prime time, though this isn't officially a prime time game. It's got the feel of that. But it is the national feed. Yeah, but when I say slot. prime time, it's a night, you know, Sunday right. night or Monday night or Thursday night game. Indy plays very well on the road. Twelve. Four and two ATS on the road, so they've only lost what four of eighteen games on the road, and they play very well against winning teams. When and again, oftentimes that's going to be a prime time game. Nine one and two ATS against winning teams. Also in this series, which they've been battling heads now with Belichick against the Colts for a long time, the dog, the underdog, eleven three and two. So to me, and let, the only thing that causes me any pause with the Colts is are they just so injured that they've been holding it together with copper wire and, and duct tape and Belichick is going to expose them. That's you know, a valid point. I'm going to spin it to the other way is what I said. So, uh, and that's not my point. I don't like the Pats. That's the only question mark that causes me not to really like the Colts. Point taken. 
what I opened this up with when I said the one thing that I didn't put enough credence in was, you know, how does New England react after, you know, the embarrassing loss? I, I should have put more credence in them bouncing back. But on the same token, I can say here now, are they ripe for a little bit of a letdown after such a satisfying win on a, a primetime game after playing back-to-back road games, which one was against you know one of your assistants, Mangini in Cleveland, and then Pittsburgh, which at that point... Oh, but hold on a second. You made the point last week that the Brown spot was the perfect spot for a letdown. So was, let's not say there's been two intense games in a row. No, but... I mean, Playing on the road, there there was okay. something there. So you're they're saying playing. just the you're saying just the physical fatigue of two straight road games, right? Coming back home, and that was one thing. I, it's hard to believe they're going to be flat against the Colts, but all right, give us your projection. I've got Indianapolis pulling the upset. I think it will be a high scoring game. I think we're going to see that New England defense get exposed this week. That Manning's going to find a way. I have Indianapolis thirty one twenty four. That's a it's quite a difference from the point spread. It is. Was this almost your best bet? To be honest with you, it was very close, other than the fact that I'm a little bit superstitious and I've lost two best bets going against New England, and I went with the college game. Now it's your <laughs> turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And next up, we'll be talking about the Sunday night football game, Giants at Eagles. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. Giants at Eagles, Sunday night football. Marco, who do you like and why do you like them? Well, I like the Giants, and this is the public perception game of the week. The Philly stock is through the roof. You can't get any higher after Monday night. Vegas has them ranked the number one team right now. That's insane. It, it, it is absolutely insane to move a team up that much off of one game. And I have a saying, and I know you've heard me say this before a hundred times, but I'm going to say it again. And I got it. It's the only thing I put in bold print in my notes. I this thought week. maybe so you could read it. No, I'm going to go like this. Listen, people. <laughs> no team is as good as their best game, nor is any team as bad as their worst game. And you have two teams playing here on Sunday that this couldn't be more evident. That saying because the Giants laid an absolute egg on Sunday against Dallas. In Dallas, we had all that public perception. The team was done. They fired Wade. They got trounced the week before against Green Bay on Sunday night. Embarrassing. Everything that you could have go wrong. And to lose a game as bad as the Giants did, stocks down. Philadelphia absolutely dismantled. It looked like a video game on Monday night. All right, so, so let's... Let's dig in, because I, I tend to agree with you. When, when I see a team that has that water cooler type performance, the next day they're talking about it at the company water cooler, I want to fade them, because it's going to be hard for anyone but a serious batter to fade them the next week, which leads to a premium. Now, you've got the Giants getting embarrassed against one of the worst, or seemingly one of the worst teams in the NFL. This seems like the perfect value play. So before, and I, I'm, I'm never going to be betting Philly here, but before I jump on the Giants, what could, devil's advocate-wise, what could we be missing here? Could Philly just be that good? Could it be that Vic is, because I heard guys on ESPN this week saying he might be un, in defense, undefensible, indefensible, I'm not sure. But you can't defend him, perhaps. Is this guy, now that he's thrown like he is, and as long as he's not getting hurt running, which, again, in any given game, the odds are he's not going to get hurt, maybe he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Well, 
I'll tell you one thing. He is a hungry quarterback, and this guy is definitely playing for a contract, whether you know he's going to be the Philadelphia quarterback for the future or he's going to get it somewhere else. He is playing for a contract. That game, unbelievable game. Do you know that the Hall of Fame contacted the Eagles this week? They want his game jersey from Monday for the Hall of Fame because of that performance. Uh, it's re- I mean, it's like everybody's in awe of him because of one game. Let's not Which forget. Which is putting a premium on things. Is it warranted, though? That's what I was going to say. Let's not forget, they played a Washington Redskin team that is a very dysfunctional team. But you liked team. Washington, right? Uh, unfortunately, I had the under. Oh, you like the under, under in that. Yeah, yeah. But you were really thinking Washington's going to come. No, I, mean, you I weren't was down ta- bad mouth in Washington last week. I was talking about the psyche of uh, McNabb. I thought McNabb would not be in a good frame of mind because he was playing the team that said goodbye to him, that didn't yeah. want him, and then the problems were his new coach doesn't play him in the last two games. So what you're saying is that 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 there's two possibilities that maybe certainly no one's under valuing the Eagles right now. So either they are that good, they are the best team. Philly's better than we thought. I'll right. give you so that. So maybe they are the best team, and if so, the line might be about right. Or they are overrated, and if so, we're getting value on the dog. So if anything, 50% of the time you're getting the right number, 50% of the time you're getting value, which is a pretty good bet to me. So let me give you a couple stats pro Giants here. Giants are one of the best road teams in the NFL. They've covered 21 of 28. They're 21 and 7 on the road. Their last three road games this year, they've won all three straight up by a combined 64 points. They've been blowing teams out on the road. They travel very well. In this series, all right, so Philly Giants, the dog has covered 10 of 11. So close games, dog plays tough, Giants travel well. Philly overrated. That makes me really like the Giants here. I like the Giants here, too. And one thing that we didn't mention, Philly's coming off a short week. They are playing at home, but it is a short week. Anything else before you give your projection? I got the Giants 28-27. All right. Good stuff. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And next up, we're going to be talking Monday Night Football. Broncos at Chargers, Monday Night Football. Marco, who do you like and why do you like them? Well, I got a very weak lean to the Chargers. Uh, this is put up or shut up week for the Chargers. They're sitting at four and five. They're coming off their bye week. If they're going to get back into the race, it has to start here, and it has to start in convincing fashion. They've underachieved all year. So, you know, given the two weeks to Does prepare, it have to start in convincing? If they win by one... Well, you want I mean, this isn't BCS, right? No, it's not. But you, you need to get a winning attitude, a moxie, a swagger to this team to make those runs that the past Chargers teams have made in the second half. Of so the you're, you're, you're saying that this feels like a statement spot. It is. And you're, you're expecting a prime performance from San Diego. On paper, that's what you would expect. So yes. why, not like San, why not lay the points here? Because it, it's almost too conventional for me. I, you know, it's just too easy to go that route. But is it easy? What is it, 10 now? The line's up to 10, yes. So you're laying double digits with a, with a team, with a le- four and five team. And it seems like, to me, the reason not to play it is they're putting a premium on San Diego because of the spot. Vegas actually considers San Diego to be the second most overrated team in the NFL. Vegas has them, uh, oh, excuse me, check that, back it up, underrated. 
All right, second most underrated. Vegas has them as the seventh best team in the NFL. ESPN has them 16th. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, it, it, that's the thing. That's why I say it almost looks too easy because people just... But, are, but it's in the line. The fact, I mean, the fact that they're laying 10 is saying they are the seventh best team. So, if, if people disagree, to me, this is a... If you're a San Diego hater... Which, to be honest, I am a hater. I just don't like their team. I don't care. You know, it's not that I wish them poorly like I do like the Ravens or whatever. But, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is I, I tend to like Denver here a little bit because I think that this Denver team, the, guy, the, the coach there has a long-term perspective. He has a plan. He's a Belichick guy. And everyone's, every week they're saying, oh, you know, he started 6-0 and last year, and ever since they were 4-14 or whatever. And to me, the guy's building something, and, you're, and they're going to play hard every game, and you're getting double digits against the San Diego team has done. This reminds me of the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. They were always still had this premium on them, and then finally people are convinced that they stink. And to me, I'm not so sure. I don't think San Diego stinks. But, but this is a team that I don't think the premium is warranted. They have been, you know, an enigma to me, the Chargers this year, because if you handicap them statistically, their defensive numbers are some of the best in the NFL. But if you look at their scores and the points they give up, you say, how can a team with that kind of statistics give up those many points? But isn't that the common thread with these poorly coached teams? The stats look okay. But, but the one-loss record usually falls short. And even if the one-loss record doesn't, when the crunch time happens in the playoffs, they fall short. I mean, look at, let me ask you a question. How do teams typically do off buys? They win, right? One in five ATS off the buy. Now, I know some of them are going to be Schottenheimer with, with the six or whatever. But still, this, case, this, this San Diego team has been poorly, in my opinion, poorly coached for quite a while, even before Turner. And, and I, you know, I'm not a big Schottenheimer fan. Back from his days with the Browns, I, I saw him underperform in the playoffs. I just wonder, wh- how could anyone in the right – I know this could be a 30 – this is one of those games – and if it ends up 35-3 San Diego, all the square batters feel smart. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a chance that's going to happen. But to me, the value's on Denver. It, you know, I just don't have a strong opinion. One thing I will say, Denver had a big win last week. You know, do they carry that momentum out on the road for this Monday night game? Or because it was such a laugher, they were up 35 nothing in the second quarter last week. Just to, to me, if you're a team with a plan and it finally comes together, it's going gonna, it's gonna to propel them, in my opinion. All right, so one of the good lessons as you give your projection here is oftentimes, more times than not, the, the point spread is correct. And if you force a Monday night play, you're probably ha- you probably have a negative expectation. And so you've got to make a choice as a batter, pass or bet a recreational amount of money, something that's pizza money or whatever doesn't mean a lot to you. And if that helps you enjoy the game, then it's, a, and it's an expense of the enjoyment. But save your investment-type bets for games you have strong opinions on, and it doesn't always have to be Monday night. That is true. So I have San Diego 31-20. We're basically right there at the number with this game. But small lean to San Diego. I just at this point don't know if I'll have an official play leaning towards not. All right. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation. Oh, wait a minute. We have a special thing on Monday night. That's right. Is every Monday night through the end of the season in the YouTube comment section, which you can comment for free, 
and you can go to pregame.tv to go there directly. Predict the score of this game. San Diego this, Denver that. If you get the score exactly right, you win 100 pregame dollars for free, and you can spend them like cash at pregame.com. We had a great response last week. Tell your friends. It's a free roll, and it's kind of fun to see what everyone else thinks about the game. Yeah, I don't think, obviously, anybody had 59 points for Philly. Yeah, that, we, <laughs> we, we, we didn't have to give any away last week. All right, great stuff this week, and we're going to be back next week breaking down all the biggest games from a Las Vegas perspective.